you know, from the light on the hill to never die, uh, I just think about the idea of, of consistency. You know, no matter what or where or who or when, this light that is in all of us um, through Jesus, we are the city on the hill. ETB just provides a foundation and provides an opportunity to understand that um, this light inside of you can never die and you're a part of something that, that's kind of forever. Welcome to the Tiger Alumni Podcast from East Texas Baptist University. My name is Carrie Johnson, class of 1994, and as the Director of Alumni Relations at ETBU, I'll be your host. Every day I have the opportunity to meet and visit with phenomenal alumni of various ages and stages in life. I always feel a little guilty that others don't get to hear what we talk about, so we've decided to capture some of those conversations with the hopes of sharing them with you. I'm so glad you're here. Today I get to visit with Bryce Hoffman, a 2019 graduate from Dallas, Texas. Tell me what you're doing these days. Uh, I'm working for a company called Austin Fraser. We are a tech recruiting agency, and essentially what I'm doing every day is I am um, talking to software engineers who are looking for a job, and I'm talking to um, HR teams who are looking to hire software developers. And I'm kind of like a matchmaker for software engineers and prospective companies who are looking for them, to, <laughs> to put it that way. You are a bridge builder. Yeah, so really and truly all that means is I just talk to people all day and see what they're looking for, see what they're good at, and try and... Um... Connecting the dots for exactly. people. That's exactly right. <laughs> How long have you been doing that? Seven months. Almost seven okay. months. And what about um, community-wise? What are you up yes. to? Yes. At ETBU, it's kind of common because, you know, I, I graduated and I stuck around and worked for a little while. Um, so right. that was life. That was life out of college for me was just kind of an extension. It was different, but it's kind of an extension of college life, so... The, the thing that's been most difficult is, is leaving every facet of my life being packaged up. You know, I've, I had everything I needed professionally, spiritually, relationally, whatever I needed was all, was all bundled in there. And it was wonderful. And it was something I didn't really realize would be as hard to find. So um, I've been plugged in at a church, been, you know, attending and, and been a member of a, of a home group there. That's what it's looked like in terms of community there, building some relationships with people at work and just, and just really kind of trying to find community again after kind of uh, leaving what was what I felt was pretty rooted for six or seven years. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, really and truly most of what community life has looked like has been through church. There's some people that I'm friends with that are also in the Metroplex. And so like, I mean, like Ryan Higgs, for example, he and his wife, Maddie, have been really good friends for, for me. And I guess that's been like the full picture of really what life has been like since I've moved. Back it up to what brought you to ETBU. So when I was in high school, I really loved... Um, athletic training. I was involved in sports and band and all that kind of stuff. But what I really thought was cool, what would be, what would be fun to chase down was athletic training. Uh, and ETBU had a pretty good program where you could get nationally certified to be an athletic trainer um, in four years when a lot of other schools were, were transitioned to a master's level program to get that same certification. So that's kind of what attracted me there. A couple of friends that I, I knew from the camp I was working at who were going to ETBU. And so so essentially, ETB's program kind of got me there, and, and it seemed pretty pretty close to what I was comfortable with and what I wanted out of college. And so did that, did athletic training for a year, and realized this just isn't what I think I want to do anymore. <laughs> um, my, my advisor at the time was Michael Rich, who is one of the Earth's greatest gemstones there ever was. Um, and I was so nervous to talk to him about not wanting to do athletic training anymore, and I texted him the summer after my freshman year. I was like, hey, man. I really don't think this is what I want to do. I mean, I had gotten accepted into the program and all that kind of stuff applied. I mean, I had to get a physical to apply for the program. So, I mean, I had, I had invested um, a lot of myself into doing that. And I texted him and I was so nervous. And he, he was like, dude, if you feel like God's calling you somewhere else, I'm here to support that 10,000%. 
And I was like, man, that's so awesome. How you, and that just kind of like set the tone for my expectation of, mm-hmm. of what support was going to look like. So then I, then I, I transitioned um, to business. I, I wanted to do camp ministry. Um, I was still working at that same camp, Piney Woods, uh, south of Lufkin, and love it there. Love the people that run it. Uh, still has a really close place in my heart. So transitioned to business because it was kind of a, a widespread idea. Um, you can just do a lot with it, I guess. And so did that. Still love camp ministry, but um, when I graduated, VP of Student Affairs, Dr. Hadlock at the time, offered me a job to work in residence life full time. For a couple of years, I was resident director over Centennial. What got me there and what kept me there and what, what sustained me were not the same thing, but it was an awesome journey and change of desire, I guess. Yeah. Was there any part of you that felt you missed out on launching immediately after mm-hmm. graduation? That's a good question. There were several times where I was just really curious, like, man, what would it be like if I was doing this instead? Or what would it be like if I had gone this route? Like in, in college, you know, I had a lot of friends from high school who went off and weren't in East Texas anymore. I'm from East Texas. I'm from Rusk, um, which is south of Tyler. And so there were a lot of people that I knew that were just, you know, out doing other things. I was curious, like, man, what would it be like uh, if I had gone and, and chased something else down? But uh, every time that that hesitation or doubt came up, something like my interaction with, with Michael Rich would happen to where I would address a concern and I was met with more than what I thought was adequate support and encouragement. And I was like, man, I can't leave this behind. So that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the college side. Curious about springboarding. The other part, no, I felt like I, was, I had hit the jackpot with my resident director job. And I think I did. It was, it was awesome. I loved it. I loved the people I got to work with. A little less than a year into that, COVID happened. And mm. I just felt beyond lucky to have a consistent job where I was needed. And was I ever needed with a lot of things on campus, mm-hmm. just getting things shut down and, and cleaning a bunch of stuff that I never, I never felt this sense of regret or I never felt this sense of, um, man, I, I wonder what would have, it would have been like to, to springboard somewhere else or to start, to start life differently in, in another place. No. Yeah. And, and as an outsider looking in, it doesn't look like it had a negative impact on once you did launch from, and stepped away from mm-hmm. East Texas, you seemed to thrive and had all, all the skills you needed. I don't know that had I gone and done something else immediately after graduation, I'm not sure that I would have been able to, to quote unquote thrive or to do anything nearly as well, because a lot of the foundation and life preparation that I was able to get really kind of came in those two years when I was really starting off professionally at ETB. A lot, a lot of the, the guided things that I, that I use today are like, you know, um, principles that I want to, want to cling to. I built them in college for sure, but it was different. Some of it, you know, in undergrad and then some of it in grad school. And then even after all of it was important, I think. I have fond memories of you taking <laughs> meals and delivering them to quarantine students. Uh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that might be – so there are two things that in my memory that are just like some of my very, very favorite things to tell people about. Because for anyone – like, I mean, for you, if you're ever curious, like no one ever knows what a resident director is. I actually talked to a software developer a couple weeks ago who was a resident director, and we had just hit it off talking about – man, what was it like for you? Like, I just had all these things. And so the two things that I always, that always stand out to me that are just so formative and then how I think about it is number one, quarantine meal delivery and that whole logistic blessing that it was um, trying to get all that done and having the cart, pushing it around the quad, getting it to all the dorms and all that kind of stuff, trying to keep it hot. Um, the other one was the snowstorm whenever there wasn't water for like eight or nine days on campus. And the people who were around, we lucky resident directors got to 
be the be the emergency plumbers for the week and deliver water and coolers from the pool to the residence hall lobbies to ensure that students could flush a toilet and it could stay remotely sanitary. Who knows if it did, but we tried hard darn this, that's for sure. You delivered chlorinated water for their toilets. It was we, flushing and cleaning all in one. That's what I'm one saying. Act. One fell swoop. How, how many different birds is that with one different stone? I'll ask that question. Um, but yeah, we. I mean, we got every cooler out of both athletic training rooms and the and the health plex and in the football field house. And we would fill them up at the pool with the truck. We would just go fill it up at the pool and carry it and slip and slide and just bring in water to lobbies. And it was character building time. Faux show. I love that so much. Uh, you, you mentioned Michael Rich. Um, are there any other faculty staff uh, relationships that had an impact? Nope. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, man. That's, that's the biggest thing that, that I, I thought was the, one of my favorite things built me up and formed me in a way that I'm thankful for was, was the relationships I was able to build, not just with students, but with faculty and staff and just going to your office and literally just stealing butterscotch and peppermints out of the jar. Whenever you were at Scarborough <laughs> chatting with really no, really no agenda. That was awesome. Loved that. I mean, um, Dr. Mays in the business department, Dr. Evans in the business department, uh, both of those people just really, really awesome. Yeah, just really wonderful times and experiences. And then the whole other half of it, you know, working in residence life, both as a student and on staff, you know, getting to be connected with Dr. Hadlock and time and then just all the residence life staff that has come and gone through the years, like connecting with them is what, you know, helped me get a job and also helped me just like have an idea and identity on campus of, you know, this is who I am. This is, you know, what I want to be. And it's kind of served as a really good launching pad. What would you say to someone who's in a new town, new job, um, but may not feel as comfortable initiating? People are so consumed with themselves that they're not actually paying attention to what you do or how you come across most of the time. And every time I've been approached by somebody like unexpectedly or a conversation has happened unexpectedly by somebody who was making an effort to reach out, it, is, it has been so awesome. It's been a great conversation. It's, it's led to some of my greatest friendships. And so if you have the idea that people are paying really close attention to you and overanalyzing you and are ready to strike with some sort of critique or some sort of insult, I mean, maybe, but really probably not. So just, you know, <laughs> be okay with being a little bit less comfortable than normal because if you're in a place where you're really looking for more community or you're struggling with community, what's comfortable to you probably isn't very fun. So yeah. be okay with being a little bit uncomfortable and understand that people really aren't watching you as closely as you think that they are. And so the best way to, to grow and to build as I'm learning for myself is just to put yourself out there a little bit. Because you do this for a living, right? You talk to people. Yeah. yeah. So like, um, what gets people talking? The only thing I like to ask someone is like, well, what do you do for fun? Or like, my 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 go-to is like have you been to any really good concerts lately or like what's a new music album you listen to you know like what's an album that you listen to lately that was like whoa this is awesome i i usually like to use music or or sports to kind of like break the ice i guess but yeah it's mm -hmm. just you're right because there are those three questions oh hey like i'm i'm bryce what's your name okay cool like oh what do you do oh cool where do you live oh, okay cool i'll see you i'll see you later okay bye so it's, man, just find something that you're interested in. And, and honestly, like listening to people talk about what they're interested in, even if you have no earthly idea what they're talking about, it's kind of right. fun. For example, I talk to people who are developing like iOS and Android applications all day, every day. I'm like, yeah, I have some understanding because I have a phone, but like, I have no idea what that technology means. And I have no idea what you're talking about, but you're excited about it. And I'm kind of interested to hear how excited you can get about this. People who are way smarter than I am every day and are able to talk about these concepts and technologies that I have like literally no earthly idea what's going on. 
and be interested, you, you'll be surprised at how interested people will be just to hear what's going on in your life. One of the one of the things that I, I appreciate most and some of the most like impactful friends or impactful relationships that I've had are with people who listen really well or make me feel like I'm being listened to. Because of that, like if I come across a good listener, I'm inspired to be a better listener. I guess I guess for that into advice, A, be a good listener, but B, don't be afraid to go into something you're interested in. What do you know now that you wish you had known as a college student? Oh man, the big, the biggest thing that I wish, like if I, like if I had a captive audience at ETB right now and I could tell them one thing, stop caring so much about how you're perceived, man, just like enjoy the people you're with, do right by people, but, but stop worrying if you're going to be perceived wrongly by somebody because it's not on you. So have a good time, yeah, enjoy the people that you're around. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that big of a deal. The truth is you will be misperceived. Exactly. I mean, like, that's how there's nothing you can do to avoid it nothing you can do and especially um, like in the idea and i guess like the the way things are like wired into our brains now to think that i'm gonna do this thing or i'm gonna say these words and i'm expecting direct input based on likes or based on like you know however much traction you can get on social media like real real life isn't like that like yeah. connecting with people and talking to people you're never gonna have all the fans People may not be inclined to be your best friend in the whole wide world, and that's okay. Life isn't designed to be that way. So just connect with the people that you enjoy. Enjoy do what you enjoy within reason. Obviously, I'm not I'm not advocating for anything uh, illegal, but but you know just stop stop worrying so much because people will take you out of context. People will mis misunderstand you, and honestly, that opens the door for really cool connections and conversations to happen anyway. So just relax, just chill out. When I say the light on the hill never dies. What comes to your brain? Oh, man. I think about the time when the power went out and indeed the light had turned off. Um, if you don't want to share that, you don't have to share that, but it did. And it got sent around and a couple of these group me's that, that I saw got screenshotted and sent around. Uh, and it was like, in quotes, the light on the hill never dies. So facetiously, that's the first thing that I think of. But, right. you know, if, for the light on the hill to never die, uh, I just think about the idea of, of consistency and the idea of like, you know, no matter what or where or who or when, this light that is in with all of us is within all of us um, through Jesus. If we are the city on the hill, ETB just provides a foundation and provides an opportunity to understand that um, this light inside of you can never die and you're a part of something that, that's kind of forever. That's really cheesy, but that's kind of what I think about. Because we're talking about God's love and his truth, sure. and that's, that's in Bryce Hoffman. And so that light, you know, it you were here for a while. Now you're not. Mm. So the idea that there's little light bearers who live surrendered to Jesus, that makes me very encouraged. All, um, the, all the tigers with little lampposts on their backs, just walking around um, <laughs> and all the, and all the places. So, I, you know, I was actually at a, at my apartment complex, my car at the garage and I was walking up, I have an ETBU shirt on just uh, one of the dozen that I accumulated. And this guy stops. He's like, did you go to ETBU? And I was like, I was like, what like yeah yeah i do what's up and he goes oh, i went to howard Payne in these these years whatever he's like i, I met some really good people at etb so yeah that, that's, that's pretty cool i guess so um what's on the horizon for you man the biggest thing right now that like i'm looking towards is just like developing and building community and also like get better at my job i met with new people um it's been really exciting and it's been really really good but uh yeah so i guess what's next is just just continuing to grow and continuing to <laughs> live life in a way that that is reflective of, of who I want to be and who I know. And, um, you know, at, at, at church right now, we're kind of going through this series on wisdom and wisdom definition of wisdom that they're giving is living in God's world in God's way. And so learning how to do that 
uh, in a new environment, that's, that's the goal. So I'm really, really grateful for you. And I'm going to be praying for you. I really appreciate it. Find more alumni spotlights by visiting www.etbu.edu slash alumni. Stay up to date by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And may the light on the hill never die.